All right. Good. Uh, good. Good day. I guess I, I should say good day instead of good morning, good afternoon, because depending on when people listen to this, it, it'll vary. But Alex Shaw, Jimbo Redmond, Jacob Darlene, and How y'all doing? Ben at White House with your Risk Matters podcast. Ben at White House. What kind of name is that? <laughs> Similar to his brother Ben Whitehouse's name. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually have a brother named Ben? I do, in fact. That's 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 a true statement. That uh, <laughs> well, let's just get started with the podcast because we'll I don't know I don't know how you build on that. <laughs> yeah, well, that that those names started home, and so that's a little bit what we're talking about today is is how organizations really center their conversation and rightfully so around safety and managing risk in the workplace. And um, over the years, I think we've, we've kind of seen a, a trend or a trajectory towards folks holistically centering their, 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 their attention on employee quality of life. And so that, that extends beyond the boundaries of just the, the workplace. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a, a mindset that goes to this whole thing that basically while there's organizations – you know, with policies and procedures and training and all that sort of stuff that that's great. Um, and, and you need that to an extent. You also need a, a mindset of people that um, is really focused on things that they can do to really uh, protect their safety and, and quality of life. And, and that really is a sort of a 24, seven, 365 proposition. Yeah, for sure. And so then the question is, how do you create awareness around that? And how do you motivate people to really think about those things? And, and, um, and so we've seen some creative ways that clients have, have done that, you know, they've created toolbox talks, where the content is more centric on, you know, do you wear PPE when you mow your grass? Um, You know, do you maintain three point contact when you're climbing up and down a ladder to, to clean the gutters? And so they, they hit topics through toolbox talks and, and that kind of thing, which I think is a great option. But the, the other piece of that is um, what are the areas, just extending beyond the boundaries of PPE, because I think that's a, a good place to go, but it's a common kind of theme. And so how do you extend beyond that? And a few years ago, we, um, we came up with a personal risk index at Scott. And I can't remember who, who motivated us to, to drive down that. I think you might, you and Brett Greaves might have been the ones who said, hey, this would be a good, a good, a good initiative to push forward internally. Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things that occurs to me is that you, you know, we, we, we get so focused on sort of the significant hazards in the workplace and people on construction sites and doing heavy manufacturing and getting behind the wheel of an automobile. And sometimes we, we lose sight of, of some of the personal risk that we take uh, on a daily basis just because uh, that whole sort of power of no result that, you know, most of the time we, we take risk, nothing happens. And so sometimes I, I sort of pose the question like, you know, um, if no one's ever broken into your house – um, but you don't lock the door, is your house safe? Yeah. And so part of the the impetus behind creating this personal index was to put some sort of um, thought-provoking questions out there to people to just 
sort of take a survey about how they live their life relative to uh, personal elements of safety and defenses that they build to protect themselves, their assets, their livelihood. Yeah. So one of the things that one of the things that Ron Hope, uh, who's one of the safety coordinators over at Luckstone, shared a few years ago. I was in a meeting and he had the room of guys. Um, he asked them, "How many of you guys have had an OSHA recordable at, at work?" And it was very few. I mean, if any. And then he said, how many of you guys have had an OSHA recordable at home? <laughs> it was everybody. And so to me, that, that reinforced the idea of, hey, if we're, if, we're, if we're holistically talking about employee quality life, so extending beyond employee, just individual quality of life, then we should be focusing our, our efforts not just to, on, on the work front, but also where they have maybe a lot of exposure to injury, which is at home. I, I think it's also interesting on how that correlates with the what we talked about at Scott of Scott one and and the strategies that are you know that we deploy with a client whether it's at work or at home so one of the things one of the stories that comes to my mind is I was in a in a training meeting and we were doing defensive driving on radar and one of the questions I posed out there from a to the audience and that is at what when you set your cruise when you're driving, what do you set the cruise to? Five over, seven over, nine over, and eight is great. Nine, you're mine. Well, it's <laughs> that's interesting because when trooper that's the state trooper. Well, and and it's interesting because personally, I normally set mine at five, and and that's what I share. And then in the audience, you have a varied uh, response, and one guy says. Oh, I set mine at twelve over, and he was dead serious about it. And and it was a little bit eye opening to me, but that was his personal risk index, hmm. and he was fine with it. And apparently, he's done okay. Now, what's right or wrong in that? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's a good. Maybe that's a good question to add to this personal risk index because as it stands. So as we leaned into developing this, the idea was really to, to hopefully spur some thought and to maybe hit areas that were relatively low-hanging that people could could remedy relatively quickly, some more so than others. But it, the hope was to identify some true risk that people carry day-to-day in their homes um, and, and to see what areas they've built defenses against. So, for example, do you have a smoke detector? Do you have, are you certified in CPR and first aid? Um, do you have a fire extinguisher? Do you and does your spouse or your kids know where the where the where the main water valve shutoff is? I mean, that's a pretty important one. A lot of people would say, "Oh, I know where it is." And then my comment is, "Well, does your spouse?" <laughs> because it's not guaranteed to happen, you know, to, to blow that line when you're when you're at home. Well, why don't you go through, Alex? I think it's for people who are listening. I think it's important to hear the exercise of doing the actual walking through with a group of you know do you use a form when you go through the yeah, personal in, index it, and it's it's to, to date it's just a form and it's a, a survey that we sent out to to all all of our locations at scott and it was incredible the feedback we got people who said you know what i never have taught my kids how to change a tire on the car i don't know how to change a, a flat on my car i don't have a fire extinguisher in the kitchen i i haven't checked my smoke alarms in 15 years I don't even know if they're still working. I don't back into parking spots. I should probably do that. It was just kind of this, it was a really healthy 
just refresher and reminder of things that people probably thought about at some point down the line, and then life gets busy. There's a lot of noise and clutter, and you know the 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 clients we've spoken with about it so far, like Moore's Electric. I mean, Frank Gonzalez shared with me, I think last week, maybe it was this week. He said, you know, we're we want to leverage this, and then our thought is to take not the whole personal risk index, but a couple of the key points. Like, do you have a fire extinguisher? And if our if our people respond they don't, we're going to get them one. You know, which I That's think cool. is a is a really cool and powerful um, way to use the tool. And that brings up another point, which is. What we see is, you know, we did this by rolling it out as a survey. But what I'm really interested in, in seeing is how, how clients leverage it because they always, they tend to take the tools we give them and make it theirs. And, and oftentimes, most oftentimes, improve upon them um, in ways that w- we would have never thought of just sitting around in a huddle trying to, to build it out. What do you think are the, are the one or two things that are the main takeaways when they do it? What are the what are the changes or what are the outcomes that most benefit the company or perhaps the employees when you do it? Just a general awareness. I mean, again, so same thing with when we do driver training. Yeah. So one get of the people things, thinking. Right. One of the things Jimbo has brought up in the past, and if if you're familiar with our you know radar risk index, you know 2.0, um, it's all about perceived risk. And, and, and that informs how you behave when you're engaging with the risk. And so when Jimbo talks about driver training, the, the, the story goes that essentially when he first started doing that years ago, and correct me if I'm wrong, we had tests and, 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 and we, we quizzed drivers and they did great. And so what we found is that it, it wasn't a knowledge deficit. It was just a question of bringing that back up to the surface so that they would actually driving away they know they're supposed to yeah and i think a lot of these things are are just things that that we take for granted and we get away with and so we just we just don't do it i mean you know if you ask somebody hey do you use ppe do you use safety glasses when you're cutting the grass or weed eating and 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 the answer for most is no (laughs) and if if you go why well part of the why is just because that's the routine that they've developed. The other part is, is because when they started doing it, they didn't happen to have safety glasses handy. And so a lot of the sort of excuses and reasons are similar to what happens in the workplace, which is just, you know, if we're not really deliberate about these types of things, then they're just going to go by the wayside. Right. What, so, so why do we have to do a toolbox talk? on the same topic over and over again. It's because there's a million different areas that require and demand our time, energy, effort, attention, and focus, and, and just basic economics. You, you, you pivot your attention somewhere, it's being diverted from somewhere else. And I think an important thing to add to that is, so what we can do as an organization, and, and this is one of the things we did at Scott, that personally I haven't, you know, I committed to this, but I haven't actually done it yet, but it's on my mind. Jimbo, you kind of reminded me about it when we were talking about doing the annual physical, right? So that was communicated as a, hey, we care about you. We really think these are this is a good idea for the overall. It's good for the company too, right? If we can detect something that is out there. But, and, and, and then the challenge was put out there. So... You know, we care about you 24-7, so one of the things we want you to do is do your annual physical. I committed to doing it, but now it's, 
all right, I, I realize I haven't actually done it yet. And, and, and why is that? Because I got busy and I feel fine. Yeah, but so th- this is perfect. So for everybody listening, next time you see Jacob Dahlin, <laughs> ask him if he's gotten his annual physical yet. What, what, was, so. your, what was your cholesterol, <laughs> cholesterol level? But that is, a, that is a great one. I mean, that's a, that's a, a great point because when we talk to clients who, who have been successful in getting their folks to, to go get their annual physicals, it, there's always a story of, man, you know, Jerry, we're really grateful that he went to the doctor when he did. Because when he did, they found out this, this, and this. Yeah, maybe I had a spot or skin cancer or something that on my back that I didn't even right know because I didn't I don't look at my back right right so yeah so there's a there's a there's certainly an awareness component to this as well. I mean I think one of the things that we discovered when we did this internally with some people is like, hey, that's a great idea. Like I never really thought I should have a fire extinguisher in my house, but. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. So there, I think there is a, a an awareness, but also just putting it in front of people. Like a physical is an easy thing. Like you know, it's pretty easy just to go. Well, I'm healthy because I hadn't been to the doctor. <laughs> you know, well, the there, power, there's, there's a great way that, not to be diagnosed with something, and that's not go to the doctor. The power uh, of no result. The power of no result. Yeah, and so I think part a part of this is really just. Hey, here's some here's some basic sort of tenets of uh, things that that you as an individual can do to uh, protect and enhance your quality of life, and it may not pay off today, um, and it probably won't pay off today, but over the course of your lifetime, uh, it may pay big dividends. Because and, and I think it's broad too. I mean, you know, we we often talk. All right. What about the the personal safety and the and the occurrence prevention activities at home? Like like you said, with a ladder and PPE and those type of things. But I think it's broader than that. And that is all right. What about your personal health? What about what about the legal aspects? Right. And and the risk management strategy from do you have a will? Mm, yeah. Right. You, you got kids. So mine are fourteen and seventeen, and we have lots of employee owners that's got that. The question then is all right. Do you have your house in order that if you're in a car wreck today that, you know, we talk about capacity and defenses and, and, and recovery. So what, what defenses do you have in place that if that happened, let's pretend that, you know, your house is in order? Yeah, and I think there's any number of, of, of any number of questions and additions to, to this. And so what I, what I, what I'd tie this up with would be for the folks listening, if you'd like to get your hands on a copy of this, just reach out and we'd be happy to provide that to you. And then the only thing that I would ask in return is that as you go through it and you think of things that may be unique or, or that we don't have on there, that, that you just push that back to us and say, hey, what about this? Because I think that that's such a, a powerful way to learn about the maybe maybe what's most important and, and what we should be asking. And I think we've got it drilled down pretty Pretty well, but I know there's there are things we're certainly missing that that we could afford to add. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's the feedback would be great. It, it would be terrific to refine and enhance this index over time um, and really get it dialed in. But it'd also be great to continue to push it out to clients. So as you think about sort of your journey with risk performance and, and integrating with clients. 
I challenge you to throw it out there as something that might be a good employee engagement um, with, with, you know, with your clients and their employees. Um, and we, we, we as a group are kind of committed to doing more of it. Um, we're just kind of in the early stages of it, but with your support, I think we can, we can really, um, make this another essential of the RPG platform. Fair enough. Well, thank you guys for taking the time and, uh, we appreciate you all listening in. Appreciate you. I hope you have a great week and we will catch up with you next time. Take care. Out. Bye-bye.